Happy New Year. Happy, happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good. We're good. Um, hey, so we do have this word of the year every year. This is the word of the year day. It's a tradition that is now established for many years, which is fascinating that we have many years. Back in the day, it was just this new random thing we did, and now we have to do it every year. So this past year, 2021, was peace, and we needed to open ourselves up in peace and God's peace in our lives and spreading that and sharing that. And this year, we have a new word for 2022, and uh, just to give you some clues to help you guess, um, I've prepared a video from my past week experiences to help you guess what the possible word of the year is. So let's take a look at this, introducing the word video. fish amazing 31 inches huh it's following in the similar theme as peace you know peace was something that I felt like we just needed in our world and again <laughs> this year open is a word that pushes back against some of the trends of shutdown and close and shut and open and we remain open so generally you can think about this word open and it's open for business right and it, this is a fascinating time that we live in where open for business is a new thing. Back in the day, open for business was you turned the sign around in the morning from closed to open, and at the end of the day, you shifted it back, and you knew you were open or closed by the sign. But now we live in this world where open is a whole new thing and a new way of doing life and business together. And here as a church, open is this, again, new thing. Wait. What are we as a church in being open? I mean, we're here in the sanctuary today, but we're also online. We're doing groups, and all these new things are starting. And how is it going to be in this future as far as being open? And to be open, it comes with a lot of questions. So if you perhaps lived in 2021, as I did, there's a little bit of ug about life and the pandemic. And so this pandemic has sent us to a place of, I feel like, closed, stuck, where you can't plan anything because you don't know if it'll happen. You can't get excited for something because you don't know 
if it'll take place. So you just get in this stuck place. And 2021 can be that way, right? But 2022 is going to be open. We are opening up in our hearts, in our mind, in our souls. So think about open. There's a opening up to relationship and people. Opening up not just in a, hi, I'm open way, but a deep soul kind of way where you have got this openness from God, and now you are offering it to others. You know, it's fascinating what can happen as we move to a closed place. I know for me in 2021, there was a sense of, ugh. And as I wondered about, how do we do this? Will this work? Should we do this? All these questions moved me to this, like, stuck place. And then, when you interact with me, and I'm stuck, what happens? I'm quite impossible to connect with, right? Because I'm stuck in woe is me. And when I'm in woe is me, I can't see you. I can't pay attention to you because I'm stuck thinking about my problems or my curiosities that are overwhelming me. So in open, there's something that has to happen in our hearts to open up, to see others, to be present, to say, woe is me, yes, I don't like this, but to also say, wow, I get to live this life. I get to do these things, and only I get to do them, so I'm going to be wowed by the opportunity rather than stuck in woe is me. Maybe, you think about open, like a flower opening, a blossom, a bud opening, and this hope and potential for new fruit to come. Now, when you hear the word flower today, you might be thinking, Tim, farming season is done. There's now snow on the ground, the ground is frozen, everything's resting. But you know what? In farming, this is not a closed for farming season. This is a season for doing other things. Winter is a great time to do things other than what you do in the summer. So, while the ground is resting, you get to do other things. And I like this idea because my mom grew up on a cranberry marsh, my grandpa's a cranberry grower, and his dad was a cranberry grower, and his granddad was a cranberry grower. And so in my cranberry growing world, the winter represented maintenance, working on things to prepare for summer. Winter represented invention. My grandpa and his friend Bob Case invented a whole new way to harvest cranberries in the winter because they would be inside in the shop, so they'd be working on things inside. So winter is this great time to prepare, to get ready for the opening that spring will be. Open. You know, the greatest commandment, anybody, what is the greatest commandment? We're in this small kind of first day of the year, I should do interactive things. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and love others as yourself, right? So this is the great commandment. And to be open to God, but also be open to your neighbor. And it's not just a one little layer of open, but it's open in your mind, open in your heart, and even to the depth of your soul being open. 
Now, sometimes when I think about how we approach God, I think of it like a filter, of course, where I, God is over here, I stick my filter up and I try to catch all God's goodness coming to me. And I'm like, yes, God, love me, take care of me, provide for me. God, I've got this problem, solve it for me. All these things are me facing God, trying to catch in my filter from God. But in this commandment, it isn't about me receiving, but instead it's about me loving, loving God, loving my neighbor. So in this way, it is my activity of facing God to me love God with all my mind, my heart, and my soul. But then with my neighbor, what it does is it really breaks the filter open to expand to include all others. Now I'm not just God giving to me, but God is giving to me and I am sharing it with others. This filter is wide open to flow out. And I love that image of love God, love your neighbors, and that requires some openness. For me to be open, not focused on woe is me, but to say, ah, woe is me is true, and wow, God is taking care of me, and he's taking care of you. So this year, I'd like to add Psalm 19 as our psalm to go with 2022. Um, in 2021, I read, uh, read through the psalms, and I got stuck on Psalm 19. And perhaps you recall, we had a lot of fires, a lot of smoke here in Denver. Do you remember the sunsets at night? In the morning, the sun would come up, and it would just be these, these glorious colors, right? These were the after effects of the, the smoke in the air was when the sun went up, went down. It was just beautiful. And something about Psalm 19 captured my imagination because Psalm 19 begins like this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So the heavens declare, no matter what is going on in the circumstances of my life or the circumstances of the world around me, the heavens every day declare God's glory. They proclaim the works of God's hands. There's this powerful idea right here that this is how we know God, by looking out and seeing, ah, you are in control. God, you took the sun down, you brought it back up. Thank you. And it's a reminder, and it points us back to God. Well, going back to Mirror Lake, Wisconsin, here's some photos. See, look at this nice picture. Blue sky reflected perfectly in the mirror lake. But then the glory of God is that the sky changes day to day. Look at it, it's different. Isn't that amazing? Ah. It's this reminder that God isn't the same, doing the same exact thing over and over. But every day, God is painting the sky. God is creating a new day. God is doing something new and fun, and he is lavish about it. And I love the sky for that reason. And Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. 
And it goes on and says this about what the sky does. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. It's interesting. The sky is telling us something. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Isn't that amazing? Just God's revelation in creation. That every day, this new day, we can experience God. We can see God. We can be open to God. And the sky reminds us of that. Goes on. It says, in the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun, saying that every night the sun goes down into this place. It's a tent God has prepared for it, which is probably China in reality. And it comes back around, and it's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. This is a great picture of God has created this world and God is every day sustaining the system that the sun comes up and it goes down. Every day God is warming the earth. Every day God is providing. God is in control. And the sky is reminding us of that. But the second part of this psalm goes on to not talk about God's creation and the way he's revealed himself in creation, but to say here's how God has also revealed himself through the law. God has made his ways known. And the psalm goes through these just fascinating lines about the law. So let's just pause and reflect on each of these and take them in. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. If you think about the law of God, God's ways, how does that refresh you? How have you experienced that? And how in 2022 do you need a refreshing of your soul by being in God's law? Next. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. So, again, thinking about this again, what, what is it in God's law that shows us the way, the path of God, that even simple people are made wise by learning it. Next. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Again, think about the law as something that's right, and it's good. And in the end, it gives us joy. And to take that in for ourselves, that this is how we know God through the law, to know his ways. Next, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And I love this. As we need to see life and to see the path ahead and the answers to our questions, the commands of the Lord are the radiance that show us the way. Next, the fear of the Lord is pure, Enduring forever. Again, something that lasts, something that's solid, something that's sure and ongoing forever. Next. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. 
They are sweeter than honey, than the honey from the honeycomb. Isn't that a beautiful image that this thing that God has given us in the law, God has revealed to us his ways and the way of life that is flourishing, they're, they're as worth more than gold. They're sweeter than honey. These things that are good and that we want, the law is that. Goes on. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. And here in this, we feel that sense of the patterns and habits that we get into. You know, how can we be warned that we're on the wrong path? How can we know that something isn't in correct alignment? We've fallen into this rut of routine, but we're not able to get out of it until we learn about it. We're, we're aware of it. And the law shows us. The law is like a light helping us see. He goes on, Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Again, here's God's law. This, his showing us the way of life that is in alignment with him. And to show us when we are straying off the path willfully. And for the law to pull us back and to guide us through this. And then finally, it concludes, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and redeemer. This psalm is great because it opens us up to God, to see God in creation, and to then look for God and how he has revealed himself to us. So we open to God to love God, and we also open to love our neighbor. Now, loving our neighbor is the expression, right, of loving God, that we are open. Because when we just have this little filter to God and it's just me and God, it's limited. Once the filter goes wide to my neighbor, that's when that is proven and tested. Thomas R Merton has this great quote from his book, um, No Man is an Island. It says, the beginning of this love is the will to let those we love be perfectly themselves. The resolution not to twist them to fit our own image. If in loving them, we do not love what they are, but only their potential likeness to ourselves, then we do not love them. We only love the reflection of ourselves we find in them. Isn't this interesting? This is a powerful image of the opening up to see other people, not for the ideas I have in my head to put on them and to see that in them, but to open up to truly see who others are, to see them for their uniqueness, even though it could be very different than how I am. Perhaps you're familiar with the principle of acquired taste. Have any of you acquired a taste for anything? I think coffee is a good example to begin with because many people start out life not liking coffee. It doesn't taste good. If you ask my kids, they think it's disgusting. They cannot imagine drinking it. But what happens in acquired taste? By over and over exposure, you 
become familiar with it. And then through that familiarity, you begin to like it. So what happens is that maybe at the beginning, and there's this flavor that shocks you and pushes you away. But as you drink coffee, <laughs> maybe what's happening is all your taste buds are dying. <laughs> but it's possible also that what's happening is that you're getting used to some of those flavors. The f you're becoming familiar. And by becoming familiar, now there's opening up all these other flavors that are more subtle, that are in the coffee, and you begin to enjoy it. And how is this principle of acquired taste where familiarity breeds affection? Where is that taking place in your life? I mean, I think about some people that when I meet them, they seem strange and odd and different. But over time, getting to know them, being open to them, that familiarity with them breeds affection, where I truly care for this person, even though they're very different than me. Acquired taste can also become something that we get stuck in. I mean, think about how in becoming closed, it becomes the familiar thing and the thing I want to do. I don't want to open up because I feel very comfortable closed down. And Richard Rohr talks about this idea of being stuck and how we like to be closed and how change is hard and opening is hard. Here's a quote from Richard Rohr that is fascinating about this opening up. So what the ego hates more than anything else is to change. Even when the present situation is not working or is horrible, instead, we do more and more of what does not work, as many others have rightly said about addicts. The reason we do anything one more time is because the last time did not really satisfy us deeply. As the English poet W.H. Auden put it, we would rather be ruined than changed. We would rather die in our dread than climb the cross of the moment and let our illusions die. Isn't it fascinating how we just get in these patterns of life, it becomes familiar, the familiar breeds affection, and now we like being closed and shut off, or we like going back to these same things over and over that are hurting us, but we just keep going back to them because that's what we know. Rather than breaking open a change and to become something new. So if we go back to Psalm 19, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. It's this invitation in the psalm to look out to see the world around us and to see God active and working and participating. And then it's this inv invitation into the word of God that's been revealed to us of here's God's ways. Come, look at them, study them, find out more. And an invitation that draws us in to see God and to know God. And in that, hopefully, that we are being open to God and then we are being opened out to our neighbor as well. Word of the year, open, but I'm curious for you as you're choosing or maybe you've already chosen, 
What is your word of the year? You know, what is there something that God is inviting you into to find out more about? Or you need more of in order to be more open. And you, and you need to turn to God and say, God, give me this so that I can in turn open up and give it to the world around me. What is your word of the year? And I am praying that 2022 is an open year where our hearts are receiving from God and then giving out to the world. And God's good work gets done here on earth as God has made it in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to even open up, that we can turn our woe is me around to say, wow, is me because you see me. God, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our souls to you. And in turn, may you then open us up to the world around, that we would give as you have given. Pray this would happen in 2022 by your grace. Amen.